Okay, we're in the book of Proverbs. We started a little summertime series in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a lot of fun, fun book, uh, and it's very valuable. And uh, we started it last week in chapter 1 where uh, the writer is saying, Wisdom is crying out. It's crying out in the streets. It's trying to make its voice heard. To listen and be wise. And everybody goes around with their ears covered. We're not listening. We're not listening. Nobody's listening. And he talked about uh, business, being wise in business, wise in government, which is a rare thing, and wise in our homes, and so forth. And wisdom is calling out, he says, let's be wise. And so we come now to chapter 3. Chapter 3. And I guess... Um, what he's putting forth in these beginning chapters says, do you want to live a good life? Do you want to enjoy life? Do you want to have a happy life? If you do, then wisdom is something that you really got to get hold of. And so I'm going to call it five steps to a happy life. Five steps to a happy life. And this, this chapter 3, as we begin it, begin it, it has one of the most famous uh, verses in Proverbs we will look at today. But we're going to look at things a little differently. Uh, things, the way they wrote in those days was called a couplet. A couplet. Um, There's a way of writing. And... We sort of do that a little bit. Our poetry is a little different. We like it to rhyme. Your hymn book mostly rhymes. Right? Doesn't all rhyme. There are some songs that don't rhyme. Do you, you know which ones they are? You don't even think about it because you just sing. It's like, okay, I'd rather have you sing than worry about whether they rhyme. But uh, uh, we like to rhyme things, and that's okay. Back here, they like to take a thought and say, if then, or if you do something, then there'll be a certain result. Do this, and that'll happen. Start with this, you'll come out right in the end. And so there's five steps here, five couplets, where verses go together. And he says, here's what I want you to do, and here's what will happen if you do it. And the end result of it is what he's trying to show us. You want to have a happy life, and you're going to live wisely. And that's a very good thing, to live wisely. And so here are steps to happiness based on wisdom. You're going to make some wise choices. He's going to tell us what we should do so that we end up with a good life, a happy life. Chapter 3 of Proverbs now, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. For length of days, long life and peace shall they add to thee. So the first thing is if, if you do not forget. How you doing with that part so far? Everybody good? You got that perfect memory, right? If I ask you what the sermon was last week, you all got it, right? Anybody got it? 
Psalm 91 was today, about last whole week ago. Psalm 90, I gave you that already today once, okay. But the point is, uh, remembering things is usually not something we're good at, right? Like they say, three things happen to you when you get old. First thing is you start to lose your memory, and I can't think of the other two, all right? That's kind of how that works. So memory is an important thing. When I was a kid, we had to memorize. When we went to church, you had to memorize verses. It's what you did. And uh, when I was home, it was much more serious than at church. At church, if you made a mistake, they said, well, we'll give that one to you. At home, they didn't give you nothing. You better know these verses. And there was an envelope, and every night we pulled out the envelope, and there were little verses uh, uh, written in it, just the reference. And my mother pulled it out, said, okay, here's a reference, say the verse. Not once, three times around the room. See? Being the youngest one for the longest time, it was a real challenge. I'd be scratching my head. She's like, well, come on, let's go. So memory is something you work on, all right? And he says, my son, he's talking to younger people because he's trying to convince younger people to make these decisions earlier in life. You're old, when you're old enough to think a little bit on your own, and you're old enough to make good decisions that are going to last for a lifetime. So he says, my son, he's talking to younger people, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. All right? We want you to think and remember, I'm going to say number one, first rule is to obey. Forget, don't forget. What the Bible says, it's really, he's talking about the Bible. When we read about laws and commandments, he's talking about the Bible. And so he says, don't forget the Bible. Keep your heart. Keep the things in the Bible in your heart. If you will do that, you're going to have length of days, long life, and peace. Anybody want those things? I'll take those. I'll take all those. Length of days. You say, how long do you want to live? <laughs> well, a long time, I guess. In my family, in my father's side, a lot of them lived over 100. I don't expect to do that at all. All right? But I'll give a stab at it. <laughs> and he says, if you do what my word says, if you follow that, you're much more likely to have long life. Why? Because you're living wisely, following what God says. There's a lot of people who run short on life because they act foolish. Right? Do I got to explain that to you? You know that. You know, I've seen young people die at 50 years of age that should never have died because they're foolish. Because they're foolish. They've made foolish choices and they're paying for that. So wise choices that come from the instruction that's in the Bible, obey what it says, and you have length of days, long life, and peace. I like that they added that in there, peace. The the most place I want peace is right here. That's where I want it. I want a conscience that's clear. I want a clear conscience. I want to be at peace 
with God. Now, if the rest of the world's a little rocky, we'll do the best we can to make peace with it. All right? But I want it here most of all. And if your conscience is clear, then you can live in peace. It's, it's a good thing. And so he's, he's telling us, keep it right with God and by obeying the things that you read in the scripture. And it'll lead to a longer life, a better life, and a peaceful life. That's where we want it. I love peace. I enjoy peace. I live out in the middle of nowhere because I like peace. I can sit on my porch and fight with nothing but mosquitoes, right? That's all. I got to battle with them, but eh, we got a thing going. It's okay. <laughs> I always was taught when I was a kid, when a mosquito bites you, let him bite you. My father, right? Let him bite you. He'll put poison in, he'll swell up, and then he'll suck the poison out. So we used to go out in the swamp, and there'd be 20 of them on our arms. Geez, I hope they hurry, all right? But you don't need to do that. That may not have been wise, okay? Next one, next couplet, verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them on the table of thy heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Mercy and truth. Truth is something that comes from the Bible, of course. We begin, we, we're talking about God's word. And I'll put God's word here because he's talking about truth. But he adds to truth mercy. And that's really the quality of God. The first thing you would be impressed with Jesus was the truth that poured out of him constantly. I mean, when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, I'm thinking, wow. Uh, what would have been like to sit with him every night like the disciples did and hear him talk? My goodness, what amount of truth they must have had coming their way. Wonderful that God is full of truth, but he's also full of mercy. So when I look in at the truth, what do you see? Well, here's a blind man. Let's fix his eyes. Here's a lame man. Let's fix his leg. You know, Here's a person with leprosy. Let's get him clean. Always mercy coming out. And he says for you and I, read the Bible and get it in your heart. And bind, right, bind it on your neck. All right, so it's always there. Write them on the table of your heart. What? Truth and mercy. Let's be kind to people as we learn the truth, as we take wisdom and learn truth, and let's make sure it always comes out in kindness to the people around us. He says, if you do that, you're going to find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. A person who is intelligent about truth and kind together makes a powerful influence. He says here you can influence God. Find favor with God. That's the best thing in the world. That's what I want more. I want to be in God's favor. I want that. So here's something important. He says write them on the table of your heart. Take that truth into yourself Know who God is. Know what God plans. Know what God can do. Take it into your heart. 
And he said, and it will go out from you as it comes into you from God. It goes out from you in, in an influence of the people around you. And you can influence God that he will trust you too. That's, that's pretty good. I say if we stopped right there, we'd be ahead of the game. But there's more. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, verse number five. And this is the most famous one, one you probably may know by heart. Verse five. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. This, the purpose of this one, is that we would have guidance. You want guidance in life. You want to know what to do, what to do, and where to go. And that's important, particularly if we go back to the first verse. My son, he's saying to younger people here, uh, as well as to everybody, the younger people, you want to know what to do in life. You want to know what to do. How many times did they say to me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hundreds of times in my life. When I was a little kid, my mother said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be a cook. Well, I'm glad that didn't happen. All right. <laughs> I'm glad that didn't happen. You don't know what you want to be, do you? When do you find out? I was probably 33 years old when I said to God, yeah, I'll go over there and be the pastor of that church. And I have told you before the day I said that to God, I said that means I give away every weekend for the rest of my life. It's okay. That's all right. It's the guidance. He says, come, go this way. I want you to go this way. So how do you get the guidance you need? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You've got to believe that God will guide you. You've got to believe that he will guide your life. You've got to trust that with all your heart. He will guide you. He will get you going in the right way. I know because I tried to go the wrong way. Right. When I was younger, I applied for a job at Montezuma Wildlife Refuge. The guy said, I'd love to hire you. Send your resume in to the government. Wow, that was something. They lost it, of course. And so I went down to their office. And I'm not leaving here until you find it. And they finally found it. And they said, oh, you're overqualified for that job. What do you mean I'm overqualified? Well, you took this test and you scored too high, so we don't want you. And I said, well, I took another test. And they got it out. Oh, yeah, you're too that one. God was saying, you're not going to Montezuma. I'm keeping you in East Shelby. That's what it really was. God saying, you're going to move down there? I ain't got stuff for you to do here, so I'm going to shut that door. It was very frustrating dealing with the incompetence of the government. And you're thinking, why, why, why? God said, trust in the Lord. Don't lean to your own understanding. You think you know what's best. You don't. God will open the door correctly. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You're going to say to God, what do you want me to do? Help me to know. 
I want to use my life the way I should. So that when they take me over there and put me in the ground and say, "There's he's finally gone and shut up, I will have done the best I could. All right? And so there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Believe that he can lead you. Acknowledge him. Say, all right, God, what do you want from me? And don't get your own ideas up front. Take a back seat and take his ideas, and that'll be guidance to you. That'll make for a much happier life. I was born, I believe, to do what I'm doing. There's no happier thing. I'm born. So I was born. And it's a funny thing that God gives you along the way. Trust in the Lord. Lean not in on your own understanding. When I was this big, I had about 20 cousins. We were all at Grandma's house. We were all running around. And, you know, it was a whole bunch of us. And Grandma pointed to me out of the whole crowd. And she said, he's going to be the preacher. Well, my parents never told me that ever until I got here and the first work day we had here and we were piled up with junk and raccoons and every other thing in here and we worked for a day and there was an old piano sitting right here I said come on let's finish the day with singing so we're playing and everybody's singing and I look up and my parents are sitting right there and they're crying I said what do I do now and I said, what's up <laughs> and they said your grandmother said when you were five years old you were going to be the preacher. And now you are. See, well, that's God guiding your life. And you can, he can do that if you trust him to do it. All right, let's go on. Next one. Uh, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Next one. It is healthy to be humble. <laughs> it's a healthy thing to be humble. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you're more important than you are. <clears throat> Don't think you're a big shot. Don't think you got all the answers. Uh, don't think, you know, it's called arrogance. And self-esteem is sort of a sickness. I remember this guy I knew, and he wanted to serve the Lord. And somebody once said to me, he's got what the book of Proverbs says is a proud look. And I said, nah, I don't know about that. But he did. He did. He had sort of a way that he was smarter than everybody else. And it's too bad because now he's, God's got a way <laughs> taking pride and, and just push it down. Now he's not doing anything for God. That's too bad. It's too bad. Um, God resists pride. So if you want to live... The kind of life that he's talking about here is healthy to you. It's a healthy thing not to be full of pride and self-esteem and arrogance. Why? Because there's always going to be resistance. You come in here like, I know what I'm doing. I guarantee you there's ten people going to say, no, you don't. No, you don't. You want to prove it? 
All right. So uh, it's very good, healthy to be humble because what it does is brings your stress level way down. Your stress goes way down if you just don't go around saying, I got all the answers, ask me, I know. Here I am. All right, don't, don't do that. So he's saying, here's a way to live that'll make you feel physically better. He says it, it is a health to your bones, marrow to your bones. He said you'll feel better if you're not continually dealing with the stress of thinking you're better than everybody else. That's good advice. There is one more, number five in the, in the group, number, verse nine. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Comes from the Old Testament idea that they gave a tithe. All right, and all through the Old Testament, they had a tithe. They brought their things in. Honor the Lord with your substance. And it was much more to the point at that day because there was a group of people who weren't allowed to make a living. And those were the Levites. And God said, don't, they're not allowed to work. They're not allowed to invest. They're not allowed to make money. You were expected to pay for them. And so they were to bring their money in, their, in, and that would help pay for these people and their upkeep. So he says, if you'll take care of those people, and your barns will be filled, and your presses, you'll have what you need. Honor the Lord with your substance. And we lots of ways we can do that. Now, I have never asked you for money, and I never will, because I agreed with my own heart that I never would. Uh, because there are people who have done great things for God, refused to ask for a penny. And I thought that that's the right thing. That's why we don't pass a plate. Because I used to be forced when I was a kid, take the offering. Right? Take the offering. Get up there. You're a kid. Take the offering. All right. And they hand the plate in front of somebody, and they're pulling out their wallet and looking. They're thinking, all right, we'll give them a dollar. I don't want that dollar. Don't give me that dollar. Right? If you want to give something, you give it of your own free will, not because I stuck a plate under your nose. So since we started here, we never have taken an offering because we want you to do something for God out of your own heart, not because we got a plate in front of your nose. All right? And so we just have a box in the back. If you want to give something, you can. And there are many ways to honor God with your substance. I've seen it among this group more than I've seen anywhere else where somebody is in need and they get a check in the mail. Somebody is sick and they get a meal at their front door. That's what we're talking about. Giving of ourselves to the people around us. He says, take care of the people around you. And I heard an old preacher say, and I always took that as my own. He says, if you take care of God's business, he'll take care of yours. And I found that to be exactly true. Do God's business, take care of his business, he'll take care of yours. So do the work of the Lord in any way that you can help others, you do it. And God will take care of you, make sure that you have enough. He allows us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We can ask for that. 
He didn't say, give us this day our Cadillac, right? Get your daily bread and be satisfied with it. God will take care of what you need, and he'll be very good to you. So, so we got some wise choices of living. Honor God with what you have, all right? Uh, stay healthy by being humble. If you need guidance, talk to God. Ask him, believe in him. And then take his word, cling to it, and then obey it. If you want to do those things, those are all wise things that lead up to a happy life. From the book of Proverbs, the wisdom of Solomon. We'll go on more next week. Thank you.